David. Yo. I'm pretty distraught, man. Can you help me out? Can you lend me a shoulder to cry on? Sure. Anything for you, bud. So, as you know, my favorite game to play with everybody but you, Call of Duty, the map got destroyed. And now the game is kind of useless. I mean, I haven't turned it on yet today. Apparently, the new map is like either loaded or coming in, but it was pretty devastating. You got to play in this event where you were like all these zombies and then they nuked Verdansk and it just ended. I know you, uh, I think you played it. You saw, you saw the, the event, right? I, <laughs> here, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I haven't loaded that game up in months. So you watched the video. I watched the video, which was kind of cool. Yeah, except the only thing I didn't understand was the trajectory of the nuke and where it hit. And somehow the mushroom cloud was perfect. Like it just, it made no sense. Yeah. Um, that it, it was kind of hard to follow, but you know what makes some sense? What's that? This episode of the seat on screen podcast. Yo, 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 I'm excited. Me too, but I think we're excited for different reasons. Yeah, you tell probably. me your reason first. I'm excited because the month is almost over. And without getting into too much details, we have some big, big news and announcements for May. Interesting. Uh, I'm aware of these announcements, right? I know. But <laughs> I, I want to hype it up. Friends, listeners, we have some new things that are coming your way in May. And NSYNC says it best. It's going to be May. (laughs) The only thing that I will tell all you listeners and fans is that May the 4th is not just for Star Wars anymore. We're owning it. Uh, And also, I have some big news for you as well. For me? Yeah. our, Our podcast has had a huge uptick in listeners. Wow. Thank you guys for listening. That's amazing. And I, yeah, I just want to say thanks to everyone who has just tuned in recently. Uh, We have a a decent number of new subscribers. So everyone, you guys are in it for a treat. We, uh, we're so glad to have you here. And today we have a great show for you. We do. And just go uh, before we get to our, our usual pleasantries. Um, for, the whole the... show was a pleasantry. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I, I've, I've got to know, aside from MLB, have you played anything this week? Because that's all I've done. You know what? Okay, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I played MLB The Show 21 for like a half hour. I've been so tired this week that I honestly forgot that it even released. How? I messaged on, you in the on, morning. I, I was know, like, it's out, it's out, it's out. Yeah, well, because I was at work. You know, some people have jobs in the middle of the week. But uh, I played a little bit of it because um, I had tr- 
I got an invite to the Xbox Cloud, X Cloud. Perfect. I'm glad you went there because I think we should go there first and do our MLB The Show 21 review near the end of the show. Yeah. How's that sound? Yeah, but other than MLB The Show, pretty much no other game I've been playing. I did start p- playing. It's called Nexamon Extinction. Nexamon. It's on Nintendo Switch. It is essentially a Pokemon clone, but it is fantastic. Oh, it's freaking yes. fantastic. I remember this. It's like a top down kind of like the artwork is like cartoony, um, but it's kind of like 3D. Um, and the battle system, it, it's pretty much exactly like Pokemon, like controls and battles and leveling up, catching Pokemon. But the game, the story and the characters and everything is self-aware. Oh, that's <laughs> so like cool. they make comments about like, oh, well, maybe if the developers actually cared, they would put something in here or whatever. Um, and what's really cool, though, is that the difficulty and the Pokemon levels, like so in the wild and the trainers that you run into scale to around your Pokemon level. That's kind of cool. So you can go back to like the starting area later on in the game when your Pokemon or your Nexamon are all like level 40 and those Pokemon in or Nexamon in that area will all be around your level, mm-hmm. which is really cool because it, that's the one thing I hated in Pokemon games is like, if you caught a Pokemon, it would always be so underpowered or under, under leveled compared to the rest of your team. Right. It's, if you go back to earlier stages to catch, you know, things that you've missed or whatever. And then you have to spend all this time leveling them up. Not so much in this one, but I have been really enjoying this one. It's 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 what Pokemon X and or yeah, Sword and Shield should have been. But uh yeah. Hey, I really liked um X and Y. So, Sword and Shield I'm okay with. Sun and Moon I just disliked. Well, the funny thing with Sun and Moon though is that they released Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which were pretty much just updated versions. They they cut out and streamlined the entire like first hour of the game because it was a long drawn out tutorial that nobody wanted. So in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, they had like fixed a bunch of stuff apparently. But yeah, which is good. I should tell you though, I lied. Oh well, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> I did something new outside of my comfort zone. I sent you a message the other day and you were like, what is this? Um, some of my staff at my, at my, my location in which I work um, are really into league of legends and more specifically also the mobile app because of the lockdown wild rift. And I was told that in order for me to understand the basics of wild rift, I should go play some league of legends. So I downloaded both. And I got to tell you, it is frustrating. Like, I understand the idea of like, okay, you you pick a character and then your character has a job. You either go down the middle, the top, the, the bottom, or the jungle, which is kind of like the roaming attacker. Mm-hmm. And I've played three games. I still have no idea what's going on. I just know that it's designed for push mechanics, especially. And I just, I don't like playing it on my iPad because it's like, I feel like I should be clicking a button or something. So it feels kind of counterintuitive to the way I would want to like point and click, like 
if you're playing Command and Conquer or something. Right. Um, but I got to tell you, it's it's kind of interesting going getting into a game that I never thought I would play. Like it's it's very it's a very humbling experience because like I, I usually pick up games and I'm like halfway decent to good fairly quickly, but this is taking me like the learning curve is incredibly sharp. Yeah, I never really got into League of Legends. It's like those all those MOBA games. I don't know. They all seem the same to me. Yeah, at least it's like it's very in your face. And like, I know when we were talking about it uh, at work, they were like, there's a Pokemon one coming out, too. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That Pokemon Direct was like forever ago. Yeah. And people still are talking about it as if it was the greatest thing in the world. Do you know what is great, though? You got an invite. I didn't. But Xbox Cloud Gaming for Windows 10 PC and Apple phones slash tablets began their limited beta this week. Yeah, earlier in the week. I actually didn't realize that it was an actual invite because the e- the email doesn't make any sense. Um, it actually doesn't nec- it doesn't say anything really like this is an actual invite. It just says you can now test cloud gaming on xbox.com as part of your Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, test Xbox, test cloud gaming on xbox.com. And it doesn't say really say like this. You've been selected, right? Like, it has instructions on what you have to do. But I had to read the email a few times being like, oh, is this just like a like a like an information thing? Yeah. But uh, so I gave that a little gander the other day. A yonder. Uh, like I said, I use it to try out MLB the show 21. Um, so it, it works okay right now. I'm, a, I'm actually a little disappointed um, because other services right now do it better. Now, don't get me wrong. They're the way that you select games to, and play them and load them up. All that stuff is really easy. They have like the UI and the layout and everything. It is really nice. Um, but the, the picture quality is, was disappointing. So you have to use like Chrome or the new Microsoft edge browser. Cause it's based off of Chrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you just have a controller connected to your computer, pick your game, load it up and it starts streaming. So I was playing the show 21 and the, the stream quality was just like actually really bad. And I have a decent internet connection. I have a gigabit connection and my computer is uh, connected via ethernet cable to my, my router. So, you know, I have a fast internet connection and the stream was just kind of pixelated. Some of the, you could tell that it was, it was, I don't know. It's like, you remember if you were like, would ever download or watch like an old YouTube video that was like 240 P and it was like grainy. So like it would kind of dip down like that, which was um, kind of disappointing because it could otherwise like look amazing. Um, Like, and I have a Google stadia subscription for three months because I got it like a free three month subscription. And I've used that a few times. And I have not once had like a dip in picture quality on that. Did you get Stadia web browser edition or like Stadia Stadia? 
Well, like how do it, I not know about this? Well, I it runs through Chrome. Mm-hmm. A while ago, I think what was it? It was oh for uh, people who had like a Google Play or uh, a YouTube Premium subscription, you could get the Google Stadia Premier Edition. So it was like a Chrome Chromecast Ultra and the Stadia controller. Mm-hmm. It was f- for free. So I got that. So I have the Stadia controller. Uh, and I've like streamed it to my Chromecast on my TV and I tried it on the web browser. But the, the, the thing is, is the, the video quality from Google Stadia streaming to my computer, streaming to my TV was substantially better than what was on the um, xCloud. Okay, interesting. Which, is, which was surprising because you'd think that Microsoft would, with their infinite resources, have this down. You know, yeah, but granted, it is just a beta, so it's by the time that they get, uh, roll it out to the masses, I'm hoping that we'll have better picture quality. But you know, like it does open up the the possibilities, and honestly, Microsoft just keeps doing gamers right, especially if you have Game Pass, being able to. Now, no longer needing to download games to your computer or to your console, you could literally just go and like if you're at a hotel, right? Plug in and you have your just bring your controller, plug in your computer or uh, connect to the Wi-Fi, load up Chrome, and then you can be playing playing games. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting too. Like I can't wait for the ability to try it on iOS, especially if like. I'm out in the, the the living room and I just want to play something like casually. I can throw it on my iPad and play or get the little controller adapter for your, like my iPhone and mm-hmm. no, like play something that's like offline. Yeah. Like I'll have to try it on, I guess I could do it through uh, the, the Xbox game pass app on my tablet, but I guess that would be roughly the same thing. Cause the, the games would have to be cloud enabled for that. But yeah, it just it means that if you have Game Pass Ultimate, you could literally play your Xbox games on almost any device. Which but technically, is crazy. I could do that through the Xbox app anyways. I could just set up the console to run on my iPad. Uh like you to It's s- like second screening essentially. Yeah, but but if you are traveling, right? And you are say you you go to your Mm-hmm. grandparents house your long lost grandparents house you were adopted and you're in slovakia okay okay and they don't have a computer you didn't want to bring your xbox all you have is your tablet and they have a super fast internet connection and you brought your xbox controller well that's not going to stream from your console that's it, it's going to stream from microsoft servers Right. So that's the one advantage. So no longer do you have to see people, you know, lugging their Xboxes around to hotels and trying to hook them up. Like they can, I have to see, I'm going to have to see if you can like cast to your, like if you have like a Chromecast or something, if you could do that. Like, so if you could like stream from your phone to your Chromecast on a TV. Could you imagine without having like rock solid internet, it just being the worst experience ever? Oh, it would be horrible. Um, but the thing is, is you don't need like a super, super fast internet connection. It's more or less about latency, right? So you have to have a fast enough 
connection to the servers to have lower latency um, so that you know your your inputs and your keystrokes and commands and stuff like that are all happening fairly quickly just like playing any like multiplayer game in general latency is the bigger problem right my largest concern with this as much as it seems like a great idea i understand the ultimate goal is to have xbox game pass and xbox live game pass ultimate to be available to absolutely everybody and that's the goal they want to take over that entire market of the digital platform Hell, I even read online the other day a rumor that they wanted to bring some parts of Game Pass Ultimate to the Switch in a pen, uh, in a partnership with Nintendo to return some rareware uh, rareware games to the Switch. Like, okay, cool. If you're going to do that, that's a cool rumor. I like that. That's fun. But when is this going to bite Xbox users in the ass? Like you, you, you know, the tax is coming. You know that it's not going to be like, hey, try this for $1 a month forever. And I understand that that's exclusively uh, an Xbox customer promotion because you're essentially just boosting up your live for a dollar, which makes it $17 a month, which is what Game Pass roughly runs for. Mm -hmm. If you buy the whole year, you're paying, what, $75 for it plus a dollar per. You're still looking at just under a hundred bucks after taxes. Cool. I get that. I understand that. And I appreciate it. But when's the tax man going to come? Because we already know with subscription based services like Disney plus, they're going to be increasing by $10 per country, essentially, or the equivalent to $10 American, which would be about $14 here. This coming November price hike Netflix goes through a price hike. What seems to be every two months. It's not legitimately two months, but it just feels like that way as a consumer. Amazon Prime has just been consistent, uh, consistently like blissfully ignorant to it and just keeps everything at either you pay for your whole year, you pay $6.99 and you get absolutely everything or $7.99, depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. When's the price increase coming? Because well, this can't Microsoft, be sustainable. Microsoft already did kind of hint at what they were were trying, right? When they tried to increase the price of Xbox Live Gold. And, and they said, psych. They got the backlash, right? So we know that it's in the work. Something's going to happen. But the thing is, is if they can make it so that, and, and I think they're doing a good job at making it so that Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate is the best deal in gaming, then people are going to pay for it, right? Um, I know we have been. Yeah. and And we don't even we don't even download and play all of the game pass games, right? Um, just for the savings of not having to buy the Xbox published or like first party or second party games on launch because they come out on game pass, like just being able to play those games. And, and it's not like they're on game pass for a few weeks. Right? Like they're on there for months. So enough time for people to finish campaigns or really dive into the the gameplay. And if they decide that they want to keep playing it afterwards, then they'll buy it. Right. I, I honestly would love to see the sales numbers of games after they've been on Game Pass and 
are coming off. You know what I mean? Cause like they're, they always give us notice. Like they, we, you, they always um, say like, Oh, like leaving next month. Yeah. And they give you, know you plenty like, of time. Yeah. Right. So I'm always interested. Like I'm, I'm interested to see what the sales are for the games that are coming off game pass. If they increase or, or what, um, yeah, I would also like to see possibly a heavier discount if by, sorry, I should preface this by saying, I don't want to give you a discount because you played it for five hours. But if you played the shit out of, I'll use Fallout 4 as an example. Right. You download um, Game Pass and you're like, oh my God, I've always wanted to play Fallout 4. I never had the chance or I couldn't afford it. And you put in, we'll say 200 hours while it's on game pass. Okay. And then they're like, Oh, it's removing it. And you look at your local EB games or GameStop or I will use them because they're North American and they have it for 49 99 and the Xbox store has it for 36 99. Okay. That's, that's pretty reasonable for a game that you put 200 hours in. Maybe you could look at it and be like, Oh shit. Well, this game's actually like seven years old. I can't justify spending $40 on a seven-year-old game. And I'm ballparking. I think it's six or seven years old. It would be interesting to me if Game Pass, on top of all the other things that they're adding with all their like perk system and their point system and the contests, if you hit hourly thresholds or playing thresholds, that should increase the discount that you get in the Xbox store. Having people have the ability to like play their way into better discounts for a game that they're obviously going to continue to play, I think is a great idea, especially mm. because the business con or the, the business model right now is let's get everybody to get digital. We want people to buy digital. It's the same price as physical. We want people to buy digital so we can make less physical. Why, w- why wouldn't this be a strategy by them to be like, hey, we can sell more of these games after they've tried them? MLB The Show as, as a huge other example. I've already put probably 15 hours in. Wow. Yeah. Like I've played it quite a bit and I'm really enjoying it. But when it comes off game pass, is it going to be 89 99 at most retailers? Probably the first real price. Well, the first real price drop we're going to see is near the world series. Cause you're going to see it near the playoffs. They drop the price to get people to buy it because people get that, like that fever pitch or that fever itch of like, and I do it all the time with Madden games, right? Like I wait mm-hmm. for them to go to like five bucks near the super bowl so I can play it. But with um, EA play, I don't have to worry about that anymore. But let's say the show only drops down to 59.99, right? And I've sunk 400 hours into this game by September. Very plausible. I see, like, I'm enjoying it. Cool. Am I really going to pay $59.99 for something I got for free for 400 hours? Probably not. I'm going to wait till, like, November or December where it plummets to, like, $39.99. So why? My question, I guess, is why would Microsoft not take advantage of this and give people discounts based on the hours they've played specific games? Um, because they can make more money that way. But that's the thing. I don't think they will. I do not think they will because you, you have two schools of thought. If a game gets removed from game pass, Grand Theft Auto is a huge example, right? 
I know a bunch of people who only play it when it goes on a Game Pass because they will not justify spending $49.99 Canadian on a game that came out for PlayStation uh, 3 and Xbox 360. Take that in. That mm-hmm. game has been around for what? 11 years? Something like that. And it's still 50 bucks. Well, maybe it's time to play something else then. Yeah, but you're not going to want to buy that game used now because the markup on that is insane. If people like the game, they should be given, like they already get the preferred rate on Xbox, but that's only like 10% more off. Give them a bonus for playing. Give them a bonus for loyalty. You know, what you're, you know what you're being, right? I'm being the opposite of all your arguments all the time. No, you're being a choosing beggar. All right. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really not because I'm, you, you, you pay a subscription, right? For unlimited access to a huge library of games. And I think if you were to put in 200, 300, 400 hours into a single game that you have gotten off of game pass, then you've definitely got your money's worth out of your subscription. Even if like, maybe not necessary for like one game, but like, say you, you spread like 400 hours across three games, right? Then you have made your, you, you have definitely got your money's worth out of your, your subscription because if you, that's, what, like 90 bucks times four games, right? Yeah, well, a year for Canadians is 120. So, yeah, okay. So, that's either if you were to buy those games individually, right, after tax, it'd be about $360. Or if you were to. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know what I'm thinking. You, you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> like you're, 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 not you're wrong. getting your money's worth out of that subscription, right? Like you, that 120 bucks for the year subscription for Game Pass Ultimate, you are getting a well, three hundred. You're you're getting you're saving two hundred forty dollars, right? So, do should you get a bigger discount already on? those games i don't think so i think because you are paying your subscription you are like the developers are getting money from your subscription but they they're they're getting a set amount of money just as if they were to get a set amount of money from the game sale yeah so i get that if you want to play the game some more right like you've you've got your hundreds of hours of gameplay already well now you've decided that okay it's coming off game pass I want to invest more time in here. Then it's time to pay the piper, right? Like that's what they're hoping for. And they entice you by giving, what is it like a 10 or 15% discount? Yeah. You save the tax, right? So you, you, you already are getting a little bit of a discount and you know, that's just, you've had the game for months already where you haven't had to pay a penny for it. And think of it like as an extended unlimited demo, right? I I don't know. I think it's a, it's an interesting concept, right? It's kind of like, uh, like reward points, right? Which you, you also put, get through game pass. Right. But I, I mean like a reward point system for like a, uh, like a store, right? Spend so much money and then you get points and you can redeem them on something. But the, 
the value of the those points are never remotely close to what the value that you spent, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas with Game Pass, the value, the money that you're spending, you are getting, you know, five times that in value. So asking them for a discount after the fact, like or a bigger discount, depending on how much you played a game, doesn't really make much sense from a business standpoint. You're you're right. I will I will do it once they increase the price of Game Pass. And I have to pay more because then I'll be like, you know what? No. Until then they'll live. Yeah. But let, let, let's move on to uh, other pastures. We'll, we'll talk about the competition for a minute. The PlayStation store is kind of like reneged on uh, what they said. Which <laughs> well, is they funny. pulled at Microsoft. Yeah. Did you, funny. did you also see the link I just sent you? Yeah. Okay. So that's all part and parcel. So Where back when back when Microsoft announced that they were increasing the price of Xbox Live Gold, um, and you know there's a community uproar. Sony tried to do the same thing. Most recently, if anyone remembers, they said that they were going to shut down the PlayStation Store on the PlayStation Three and the PlayStation Vita. And this sent the community, the gaming community, up in arms and people were freaking out. And and it brought up this whole discussion on digital games. And do you really own them? No, you don't. Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, whatever company has the ability to remove these games that you've spent money on. And yeah, so it there was a lot of uproar. And the funny thing is, is you wouldn't expect it from a system that one, nobody cares about, or a lot of people didn't care about that didn't sell well. Yeah. The PlayStation Vita and the PS3, which, you know, hasn't been sold in (laughs) seems like decades, you know, Uh, but there is still a huge community of people that are playing those. I still have my PS3. It's always hooked up to my, my TV, my home, um, home theater system. Have I used it in the last little while? No, but it's a nice, thought that I could play one of those games if I wanted. Um, So Sony earlier in the week uh, announced that they are going to not shut down the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita stores. Uh, It's funny because, oh, Jim Ryan, the the one that everyone hates. (laughs) Uh, Recently, we notified players that PlayStation Store for PS3 and PS Vita devices was planned to end this summer. Upon further reflection, also known as um, being berated and <laughs> defamed by the community. Upon further reflection, however, it is clear that we made the wrong decision here. Sounds like Microsoft's uh, press release. So today I'm happy to say that we will be keeping the PlayStation Store operational for the PS3 and PS Vita devices. PSP commerce functionality rule will retire on July 2nd, 2021 as planned. When we initially came to the decision to end purchasing support for the PS3 and PS Vita, it was born out of a number of factors, including commerce support challenges for older devices and the ability for us to focus more of our resources on newer devices where a majority of our gamers are playing on. And he goes, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and like, it makes sense why they would have, shut it down right shut it down um 
but at the same time, they probably, well, here's the thing. They knew who was accessing the stores. They knew the sales metrics and stuff like that. Right. They, uh, and I think people weren't spending and buying and using it as much as they led us to believe when they started crying out in rage. Right. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's this, there's this whole discussion on digital purchases and do you really own them and all that stuff. And now granted you would still be able to re-download games that you purchased before, but there's a huge list of games. There's like what, almost 200 games that are only and ever were only released digitally on the PlayStation three and Vita. So like those games would be completely erased from history essentially, right? Like you'd never be able to buy those again. So it's uh, interesting that they kind of went back on that, but here's the funny thing. It's like some people were, I saw some people bitching on Reddit about, uh, Oh, well, why is the PSP going to be shut down? Well, here's the thing. The PSP doesn't work with most modern day, uh, routers because the wireless encryption that the PlayStation portable uses is super insecure. So a lot of routers don't even support it anymore. And You're it does, insecure, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be real talk time. Um, so anyway, so the, the PSP doesn't actually work with most current routers and, and um, wireless security protocols. So it makes sense that they're not going to support that. And the PSP, that was... Yeah, I guess that came out like when the PS3 came out too, right? Yeah. But uh, so there's a win for the... Uh, playstation community yeah a a second minor win broke a few days ago that sony could (coughs) excuse me i'm coughing and choking on myself uh sony could be set to roll movie content into a playstation plus subscription having it being called the playstation plus video pass i gotta say that would be one thing I would be very interested in if I mm-hmm. didn't already have Netflix, Amazon Prime, Crave, and Disney+. Plus. However, if this service gave you access to new movies that were considered rentals, like, let's say, Wonder Woman 1984, or what other movies just came out? Like, this, this Panini has blended all my time together. I don't really know what movies are new. Wait, you have a panini? The, this Panera bread? Oh. This this pandemic? Oh, I thought you were like actually had a delicious panini. No, 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 no. I just I've now referred to the pandemic as a panini. Oh, okay. Or anything with a well, p word. I I honestly think that so a little a little backstory to this. Uh the PlayStation Plus Video Pass was published uh on the Polish PlayStation website. So obviously by accident, it's no longer there. Uh, But it said a new benefit available for a limited time on PlayStation Plus. PS Plus Video Pass is a trial service active 2204.21 to 2204.22. Subscription benefit is available to PS Plus users in Poland. So it could be a local service. It could be global. Uh, we do know that Sony announced that the PlayStation Store was no longer offering TV and movies for purchase and rental anymore, or later this year. Uh, I think, what was it, August or something like that? 
that they that you won't be able to get videos and movies. Um, so, also psych. <laughs> is this uh, <laughs> what? I, I I don't know. I just I think they're going to walk back on everything they've decided or announced well, to keep people thing, from though, going to Microsoft. If they release a, and it makes sense if like they need to increase the value of PlayStation Plus because right now it's it's if you don't need to play games online and you don't care about like online features, then there's no point in paying for PlayStation plus, right? Like you're the games that they release every month aren't the greatest. Right. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just not really worth it. But if they can incorporate some added value to PlayStation plus, even if it is, you know, movies and TV shows, then that just increases the the potential value of that subscription, right? Yeah. Um, now, like you said, you have Netflix, you have Disney Plus, you have Crave, I have Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. I have a, a plethora of video watching services. Do I need to access anything on the PlayStation Store? No, but if they come up with um, exclusive deals, then and, and that's the only place that you could stream these movies, then for sure, right? My guess it would mostly be Sony produced movies. Oh, of course. Obviously. Why did I not think of that? <laughs> oh my are god! You, are you serious? No, well, I did and I didn't. Like, you know, think, you think know, with, about it. Like Disney, right? All Disney, like, made movies. You're they're only ever going to be on Disney Plus now, unless you know there was some outstanding um, agreement with Amazon or Netflix or whatever, right? Well, Netflix still has the. It's like um, I was just reading about it. It's like this ten-year revolving window where they can hold certain movies that have rights from different studios at the same time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because I not noticed just that they had a few things that were the on Disney plus as well, but still what, what I'm saying though is Sony doesn't have to give, well, like Disney doesn't own Sony, right? They own Fox, they own a bunch of other shit, but they don't own Sony movies. Disney or Sony still owns the rights to Spider-Man. That For how include, long? We don't know. Yeah, but it's it's part of as as far as I know from my limited knowledge of legal contracts and stuff like that. As far as I know, the agreement that Sony had made with Marvel back when Marvel wasn't their own studio and other companies were making part of the agreement that Sony had is that they would retain rights for their uh, Marvel universe. I guess as long as they do something with it every so many years, that's why we got all of those Spider-Man remakes, the fantastic four remakes. That's why they, they did X-Men movies every so often. Right. You're, you're saying they did what EA didn't do with star Wars. Go on. Exactly. Right. So think about it. If Sony were to release a PlayStation plus video pass, so PlayStation plus users get access to, videos and TV shows that are selected by Sony or produced by Sony, 
that is actually a very smart move because now even if people just want to watch like venom for some reason a second time or venom 2 <laughs> right they have to have a playstation plus subscription right yeah. so it it makes sense now will they do that does sony have the library to make that happened probably not so they would have to start doing and getting other films and other production companies and uh, on board now I, I don't know how many like umbrella companies or subsidy companies that sony pictures has you know like how fox has like fox searchlight and and disney owns like do they own like 20 or is columbia a sony company I think so, but everything you're saying, I'm about to put a a big bullet into, and I apologize for it. I just looked up a Sony release schedule, and earlier this week, Sony and Disney brokered a deal. (laughs) Well, then, I'll just see (laughs) my Which will include, uh, okay, it says, Walt Disney Co. and Sony Pictures Entertainment have announced an expansive content licensing agreement that will bring hundreds of Sony movies including Jumanji and Spider-Man to multiple Disney platforms, including Disney plus and Hulu. So there goes that it's going to be available everywhere. Cause Sony is out of money. Well, yeah, like it makes sense. <laughs> uh, Columbia pictures is owned by Sony for how long before they sell it to Disney. I know. Right. Uh, film division, Sony film divisions, Columbia pictures, TriStar, Sony pictures, classic screen gems, Sony Pictures Animations, ImageWorks, 3000 Pictures. So like they, they have like a bunch of of um, subsidy companies. Um, I, I honestly still think that they could make it so that even if they have an agreement with Disney Plus or Disney to have their films released on Disney Plus, they could do they, they could have a timed exclusive on Sony PlayStation Plus video series. So Sony made two major deals this week, striking another massive deal with Netflix. Um, They will make over $3 billion over five years. Now Sony's arrangement with Netflix is uh, from 2022 to 2026 includes a slate of all theatrical movies, including the upcoming Morbius uh, where the crawdads sing bullet train, Venom, Spider-Man, Jumanji, bad boys, all those universes. Um, but Netflix also has the first pay TV window, which means they get priority over Disney. Now, Disney's window is only going to be 18 months, and it starts late 2023. They're going to get backdated content, including Jumanji, Hotel Transylvania, and anything that Sony and Marvel have worked on together. So they will not get Morbius or Venom, but they will get anything with Tom Holland. Hmm. Interesting. You want to hear? So you want to pop? Do a pop quiz? Sure. Pop, All right. Pop. Pop. Tell me pop quiz. what is the highest grossing Sony picture? So, like, this is one of their subsidies. It includes Columbia, um, TriStar, Sony Pictures Classics, Screen Gems, all that. Highest grossing film in North America. Okay, I'm assuming it's been made in the last five years. Uh, yes. Or maybe not. 
It's got to be. It's either got to be a superhero. I'm down to three things. It's going to be either a Spider-Man film, a James Bond film, or anything with The Rock. So like a Jumanji, right? If I were to guess or hazard a guess, I would say probably Far From Home because it was the like epilogue to Avengers Endgame. You'd be wrong. We're talking about North America. So Spider-Man Far From Home was the highest oh, grossing. Because the movie happened film. in Europe. That counts no, no, no. too. <laughs> no, no, no. Highest grossing worldwide was Spider-Man Far From Home with $1.1 billion. All right. Can I have another clue so I can try again? Um, North America. I can't give you any more clue. You were correct with your assumptions of what it may be. And you know that it's not Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Well, then if if that's the case, it won't be Spectre or Skyfall because you'd have to imagine worldwide grossing. While Bond is popular here, he's more popular overseas, which would mean Jumanji would be the number one grossing film. Now, which one out of the two? Because it's The Rock, it's uh, Karen Gillan, it's Jack Black, and it's... Um, why can't they? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Keaton. No. Why can't Kevin Hart? Oh, my God. It's going to be the first Jumanji. That would be correct. Domestic gross, $404 million and change. Second. Okay. The second highest grossing film in North America. The 2002 Spider-Man. Okay. Wow. Made more money than 2019 Spider-Man Far From Home. And then, <laughs> which is kind of surprising because people, although people were superheroed out at that point, and now yeah. every other movie is a superhero movie. Did you yeah. see that recently? Pretty much. So the the funny thing is, is the top six, or I guess the top ten movies. One, two, three, four, five, six. Sixty percent of the top grossing. Are Spider-Man movies? Are Spider-Man movies. Any of them the Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, yeah, number nine is the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, wait, so can, number- I, can I try and guess what order the Spider-Mans are in? Sure. Now so- that I know it's 2002, so Spider-Man 1. And then we know it's Far From Home. Yeah. I would maybe guess, oh, which one would have been more popular? The new Tom Holland one would have been probably more popular than Spider-Man 2, even though Spider-Man 2 had Doc Ock, which was really cool. Uh, yeah, I will go Homecoming, then Spider-Man 2. That is incorrect. Is it? Do I have an Uno reversed? It's Spider-Man 2. And then Homecoming? And then Spider-Man 3. Oh, that movie was ass. <laughs> and then Homecoming. Damn. Just by hair. Spider-Man 3 beat out Homecoming just by two million dollars so that that makes me very curious if like like so the did disney is, fuck sony, up on, oh sony, sony knows that spider-man makes money for them right and that's just now like the worldwide grosses are, are kind of different like uh spider-man 2 is number 10 then we got spider-man number eight homecoming was six spider-man three number four and then far from home number one so uh, which out of the last four movies one was jumanji did the second Jubanji make that list, and then it's just two recent James yeah, Bonds? Yeah, the next, the next level, uh, Jumanji two was number seven, and then okay. eight was Skyfall, and, and was then, ten Spectre. No, Spectre is eighteen on the list. 
So what was number Spectre 10? Didn't do- <laughs> oh, you're going to love this one. Men in Black. Really? Yeah. Like the new one with like Chris Evans? And- oh, no, no. The 1997 one. Or Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> the 1997 one. Will Smith. Kevin Costner. Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways so or Tommy Lee Jones for those who really care oh yeah same same guy no uh, definitely not <laughs> yeah he played uh, Batman's butler Um, so Sony knows that they have they have material that people would be willing to watch so they could very well put um, some Sony exclusive or Sony films with early access on PlayStation video. You know, the most embarrassing part of what we just did is I immediately just went for like mega properties. And I forgot that in men in black two, he drives the car with a PlayStation two controller. And I didn't think it was a Sony movie, but a lot of Sony movies, including stuff like easy a, um, the night before, like it's all Sony cameras, Sony, this Sony, that like bio laptops. Yeah. Phones, cell phones, all that stuff. I'd, we should deep dive on Sony movies and just how product placement makes them so obviously Sony versus a lot of the other stuff that's out there. Yeah. But that's for another day. Do you want to, uh, do you want to hit on some like smaller news, news bumps before we, uh, yeah, we, some, we hit the dusty trail and uh, make our final news, predictions. Some news that nobody cared about at the time that <laughs> was kind of funny. Kind of, kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Amazon, those, our good friends at Amazon, Jeff Bezos decided that he did not like Lord of the Rings anymore. What? Like if he was spending that money out of pocket to develop the game, it would have cost $250 million. I know. Right. What is that? Like three days work for him? Not even. He's a trillionaire. Uh, So Amazon bought the rights to the Lord of the Rings um, for $250 million, I guess. And they were, are they still producing the show, a TV show? I think so. That could run their total commitment for the franchise to a cool billion dollars. Uh, the company also teamed up with this company called Lei Lei Liu to develop a new console and PC MMO. Um, and then they canceled it. <laughs> Long story short, I thought that there was a, uh, Lord oh. of the Rings online. You already. know, you know who Leu is. They're the dumbasses who made Defiance. Were oh, they, really? Were they? <laughs> were they? Really? Yeah, they're a subsidiary of uh, uh, Altheon Games. Athlon Games. Athlon Games. Sorry, my eyes are blurry. One looks like an L, and one looks like a T. Hold on, they. They yeah. own stuff? They like, own a ton of stuff. They own digital extremes, splash damage. Wow. So these guys, could you have imagined? I'm now pissed. Oh, ten, sorry, Tencent Holdings is the parent company, and then Leu, uh, or Liu is uh, one of the companies. Tencent owns digital extremes, splash damage. Yeah, okay. Yo, I'm, I'm way over this part. I'm more pissed off at the fact that we could have had a Lord of the Rings MMO that was directly... Result like affected by the results of television shows. 
like know, we saw right? we saw it didn't work with defiance but lord of the rings could have been interesting at least like oh the whole community voted on Gollum dropping into a volcano sorry that's the end of your character bud and then you could just literally hate on characters and just influence the game whatever way you wanted to so is this lord of the rings mmo that they were working on different than lord of the rings online yeah this was a brand new uh ip okay because see when i first read this i thought that lord of the they bought lord of the rings online but lord of the rings online has been around since like 2007 while there's no release date for the title of this game amazon will market and publish the title globally everywhere except china Layu will handle and despite how much amazon paid for the lord of the rings you won't have to handle your wallet talk about getting your money's worth this has disaster written all over it, and I hope somebody picks it up. I desperately hope somebody picks it up. Mm-hmm. Could you just imagine playing what would be like everybody be like, oh my God, we haven't had a good game like this since like Lord, like an actual Lord of the Rings title versus like, what was it, Middle Earth uh, ever, ever yeah. more? No, just uh, Shadows of Mordor or something. Yeah, like, oh my God, we're going to get an MMO. This is amazing. And tune in next Friday to see what the community votes on for the latest villain. <laughs> like, and the game just like preemptively is, stops. Is Frodo the- going to throw the ring down to the volcano? Uh, or the- will he put the ring on and run away? This is magnificent. Why didn't this happen? Oh, I'm so mad. Do you know what didn't make me mad, though? I'm not going to spend more time on this because bullshit. I've got to say happy? the snap. Or mad. Uh, the Pokemon <laughs> Snap gameplay trailer was enough for yeah. me to be happy with the justification of spending that money. Like, you know, sometimes when you buy a game, you're like, eh, I don't know, or you pre-order something and Xbox Game Pass gets it for free, so you cancel it. Yeah. This obviously isn't going to be the case, but my goodness, does this not give you both that feeling of nostalgia from playing the original game as well as just like, a new kind of realistic feel for a Pokemon game. Like almost, but not really. I don't know. Like the, the, the trailer show gameplay and stuff like that, which was cool, but it, it didn't personally blow my expectations away. It did for me a little bit for sure. See, I think, I think part is that because you were already really excited for it and don't get me wrong. I loved Pokemon snap on the N64. But there's just something about this one that is like, oh, okay, Pokemon Snap. Like, that's cool. I'll check it out. You realize some of the gimmicks, too. You're like, oh, every time I play this level, that artillery is going to attack. Right? Like, And, and it, was, it was cool on the N64 one when you're younger and you're a kid. And like you, you kind of had to learn the patterns of the levels. Right. Or know where to throw apples or, or to make things happen or whatnot. But in, in the gameplay video, it's hard to see how they've changed the game from that. Obviously, those weird glowing balls. Obviously, though, it's it's going to still be the same kind of concept of there's a, a routine that happens throughout each map. But it would be cooler if there was some like randomness to it 
Well, there is. Did you watch the whole thing? Because you could actually like branch and find different routes. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about like random routes and stuff like that or different routes. I mean, like, say you start off one map and there are some Pidgeys hanging out on a log somewhere. There's a Pidgey hanging out of the log at the bottom of the seat. Yeah. And then what if next time you play that level, the Pidgeys aren't there in the same spot. They are somewhere else, right? Now, granted, there will be certain areas where you can't really just, like, change the Pokemon or have them show up in random stuff, like if something was in a pond or a body of water or something like that. But I think if they made it so that it was more random on where Pokemon appeared, when they appeared, all that stuff, it would give the game more life to it and that's that's the thing that's just kind of like deterring me from the game that i know that it's just going to be a pattern memorization and and i have to just go through this level a dozen times memorize what comes out when comes out where it comes out and then just try and get the best shot man i for one cannot wait to play this with chris we're just gonna sit and play pokemon one night and it's gonna be great good i'm happy for you (laughs) <laughs> but it's like I, I'm, I don't know if I'm banking on the nostalgia a little bit too hard but it does to me at least look like it's interesting and they've come leaps and leaps and bounds graphically compared to like what the Nintendo 64 was obviously I don't know I'm rather excited to see how it kind of pays out and like the sharing feature where you can like put little like Nintendo emojis on it is pretty cool mm-hmm. that's true I don't know. I, I think I will probably pick it up when Nintendo has their like once a year, 30% off discount or the two games for one twenty nine ninety nine. Please Nintendo, please yes. bring back your, your game coupon things. Yeah. I still regret not getting breath of the wild and Mario maker two at the same time. I'm still to this day, one of the only people I know who has, hasn't at least dabbled in breath of the wild. Uh, yeah, I've dabbled. I think I use my coupon codes for Mary America 2 and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which was <sighs> which was hype. Uh, still didn't get that game, and I'm super mad about it. You you can still buy it. You know, they, they do make it still. Yeah, I know. I just it's like to me that game and the Avengers game. I want to play them. And like I understand Ultimate Alliance. And I think now if you buy it, you also get the Black Order with it. Correct. Or is that uh, what the title is called? Because the, the Black, Black Order is the expansion for it. It's the expansion. I I don't think you get it with that. I don't know. Um, but either way, like to be submerged in that Marvel universe, and I like I saw some footage today from like the updates that they did to the Avengers game on PlayStation and Xbox, and it looks pretty impressive now that they fixed a lot of it. Yeah, it's still boring. Still a boring button <laughs> masher for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Marvel. Do we want to predict what's going to happen at the end of... Do you want to do the final topic first? What's our final topic? <laughs> the top of the page, because I did it all backwards. We were going to talk about MLB The Show, silly. And oh, some shit, of the stuff yeah. coming up... We'll do the Xbox Game Pass first, because this month is fire. Uh, David's played this game or knows a little bit more about it, but uh, Fogs... Okay, I uh, never played the game, but... <laughs> I said you knew... I said, or you knew about it. It does look cute. It, it's a cute game. You're like a wiener dog that can grow from both ends. But like... You're, <laughs> Which is inspired that? by water. Hold on. What was that? 
what was that show with the two dogs that were attached? You mean cat dog? Cat dog. That's it. One that half was a cat, cat and one. a dog. Yeah, that's right. This is like a dog and a dog, and it's called Fogs. But I was uh, telling Sean before the show, before we recorded, that this is literally just a knockoff or a uh, they've taken someone else's concept and turned it into a game with some more depth. There was a game called Nobi Nobi Boy. And it was created, it was out on the PlayStation 3 and created by the guy who made Katamari Damacy. And you're literally this like boy who can stretch out really long and collect things and stuff like that. It was like really, really freaking weird. Uh, but yeah, that's Fogs. What's next <laughs> on the list? <laughs> Second Extinction. Um, I think we're still going through the first Extinction right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I was glad that, you know, Microsoft has kind of given us. This is like a dinosaur hunting game, which looks cool. And it's, then, like in, it's like in game preview right now, but uh, this one was like a team based. It was like a team based shooter, but versus dinosaurs. So it's been out on place or on PC since like October of last year, um, which it has pretty good, mostly positive reviews. So might might have to check that out. This is the one I think I'm most excited for because. I wanted to pick this up when it was remastered and I wanted to desperately find a collector's edition just to get the statue and you can still find them, but they're like $200 and I'm not spending $200 on this because it's the collector's edition. Yes, I understand that. Uh, But destroy all humans. The remake is coming out for game pass for cloud console and PC April 29th. That's a lot of games I want to play in one month. And I just filled up like I don't even have 70 gigs left on my Series X. Oh, no, you might have to uninstall Warzone. (laughs) You shut your mouth. (laughs) I will. I will uninstall Cyberpunk and wait till it's fixed before I I do that. But this is the problem with digital games. I'll forget I own them. And then I'll be like, do I own Cyberpunk? Accidentally buy it and realize I have a digital copy. Cause I'm just, dumb. just ask me, just be like, David, do I own this game? And I will tell you if you do. This, this would be a lot easier if you and I were still doing game share. And then well, we don't need to do that now that we both have game pass. Except for games that we want to buy. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Fable two and Fable anniversary are also nope. dropping on the 30th. Fable three. Oh, Fable three. You know what? I'm just, I can't read. And I think they already are part of game pass. Um, but they are just they're being added to the cloud X cloud. So you'll be able to uh, play them on your mobile phone and PC and uh, iOS and all that stuff. Yeah. And then what they've also done is for ultimate members, uh, especially those who are already playing on Android. But now also those people in the beta, you can play Banjo-Kazooie, Battle Chasers, Nightwar, Killer Queen Black, Overcooked 2, Wreckfest and Double Dragon Neon with touch controllers on your device. Yeah, so you don't need to have a Xbox or a Bluetooth controller hooked up to your phone or tablet. You can just use your screen the way that it was meant to be used. Not going to lie, fingers. Kind of want to buy an Android tablet just so I can rock some Banjo Kazooie. Uh, just wait. You'll be able to play it on your iPad soon enough. Yeah, November. Oh, shame. <laughs> That's so long from now. Now we missed one big game that dropped this week. Did and we? yeah. <laughs> I've wanted to hit that button all day. I know you've been waiting. My goodness. I'll I'll start off by saying 
I know it's not perfect. And the biggest thing that I've I've learned that it's missing from my PlayStation 4 days is you do miss that kind of like dual sense controller feeling. They didn't adapt the controllers properly for the Xbox. You find the controllers pulsing a lot when there's like big moments, but you don't really get that feel. You know that that's what it was on the PlayStation 4, right? Yeah, but I just felt like the PlayStation was different. No. It just feels different to me, okay? God. No. Um, <laughs> overall, though, I think the experience is great. I've quite enjoyed the fact, like, I've dabbled a little bit in, like, trading and making my own team a little bit uh, differently. The user, interfo- uh, the user interface, I will say the menu is probably the cleanest menu I've ever seen for a sports game. Mm-hmm. gives you four options and then you can go below and see all the rest but i don't like the interface for in between games when you're in like franchise mode or diamond dynasty it's it's very all over the place it's not very intuitive so you have to really learn the ins and outs and the crooks and the crannies yeah so that that's a problem with the mlb the show in general um the menus are always like a big convoluted mess and uh it it's been like that for the last like six years um so it's funny though because like you haven't played mlb the show for quite some time right like since 2000 and what was it like 2017 maybe was the last time you played yeah probably the last time i actively streamed it or played it was when i was living in that basement apartment so yeah Yeah, probably 16 or 17 so uh it's funny because People who have played it on, who have been playing it over the last like few years, they're not really. It's, it's just like another game update. Yeah, PlayStation kinda, users aren't impressed, and I laugh at it so kinda, hard. Kind of just disappointed, right? Only because you you would think that there would be more more detail in like the stands and and the, the stadiums and and the fans and the characters and all that stuff, and it's it's just like another. It's just like another update, right? Did you notice the invisible wall too? It's like oh, yeah. you hit the ball into the crowd and it's not in a home run territory. The ball will just like die in the air. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Um, but like Xbox users who haven't played the game ever or in a long time are just like amazed by it, which is, you know, good for you guys. The, you um, get to enjoy it. The learning curve for hitting is insane. Yeah. I just like, play with button controls because I'm lazy. Well, yeah, button controls, but you still have to aim like how you're hitting. So I put I put it on dynamic learning. So as I play the game, will like the AI will increase or decrease depending on what I'm doing right and wrong. And it took me like I got shut out two games in a row while I was learning how to hit. It took a lot for me to figure out, and that was because like I was trying to figure out the timing. I went from playing on the the regular TV to my monitor. There was just so much to like learn and feel and kind of get used to. I did get a huge chuckle when I started the game though. Um, So I fired it up both on my Xbox One and my Xbox Series X. On the Xbox One, it took forever to launch. Like I clicked it, I waited, and then you get the Sony Entertainment with the sound. And I was like, what? They actually left that in the game. That's well, so, so funny. Sony is a, the publisher. Well, I know, but like I was aware of that, but I didn't see it coming. Like I figured they would just be like MLB the show presented by Sony Entertainment Pictures. Nah, so. Sony's the publisher. They're they're advertising that. So 
that like from there to doing the the learning module that you start off with and then you get to like dick around and play probably close to to 40 minutes to complete like a, a few inning game and get all that stuff done i fired it up on my series x and had to do the same thing because that's the opening part of the game and i think i i saved 15 minutes just in loading you know you can like skip that whole tutorial and i know i was purposely timing like timing it to see what the difference would be though yeah so, the load times on the x cloud streaming it was very long so i assumed that they're streaming like the xbox one version yep it does require an internet connection though because my internet dropped and unfortunately for me that meant the game couldn't work it that just sucks. it just drops you right out of the game and pulls you back to the Xbox menu. I was like, well, that's no fun. Can you not play this game offline? You Can't should it? be able to. So maybe you were in like a mode that was like an online mode or something. Well, I, I was playing franchise mode, which isn't online. So I was very confused as to why that mm. was happening. Weird. But overall, I give it a seven and a half, maybe an eight out of ten. And that's that's me being excited for a baseball game. But also like, hey, this is this still doesn't look fully next generational to me. The ballpark making thing is cool. I dabbled in that with, for a few minutes, but it kind of reminded me of like Tony Hawk's skate park builder hmm. where like the camera, if you changed it the wrong way, you wouldn't be able to see what you were doing. Overall, no real complaints though. So far it, it's, it still is the best baseball simulator hands down. Well, I mean, what's its competition? Um, RBI baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or like the mobile one. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm not like I'm cautiously optimistic that my love will eventually like fade out when I get frustrated. But I like I made a bunch of trades on like the normal difficulty, and my team sucks, <laughs> and like I don't understand why. And like, and the one thing I will say is when you're simulating, and you like, like I find it annoying because you don't have the ability to turn it on and off whenever you want. Unless you like go through the settings and then through a bunch of sliders. But if you're doing simulation, it seems to find like a an impactful moment every single game. And I just want to simulate like seven games at a time. I want to like simulate a week at a time and it doesn't give you that option. Mm. Which is annoying, but Yeah, it's always been like that though. Yeah, I know, but I haven't had to deal with it for like four years. So well, I now you remember. have to deal with it. Hey, <laughs> I didn't pay for it, so there you go. All right, can we talk about Marvel? Yes, absolutely. We are just going to give our estimates, estimation of what will happen. And our estimates. I like those two. They're cool. Yeah, the estimates. Because truth be told, y'all are going to be listening to this episode after the last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier releases. So you'll know if our uh, hypotheses are correct. If we're correct. And I'm going to give the most generic hypothesis ever. If it's if it's going to be what everybody already knows, I'm going to slap you. Falcon is going to become the Winter Soldier. Okay, cool. And Michael Keaton will become Batman. Bucky is going to take up arms, literally, and become Captain America. And I think that uh, evil Captain America is going to escape somehow. And join Sword with Elaine Bennis. Okay, so let me clean some of this up for you. 
Because I know some of it was just you screwing around, so I'll leave it. That's fine. <laughs> because Falcon will become Captain America. Yeah, we we know that. That's obvious. There was the whole shield throwing montage. Yeah, what's his name? Diaz will become the Falcon, or Ramirez will become. No, that's his yeah. actual name. Torres will become the new Torres, Falcon. Yeah, because there was foreshadowing when he was like, "Hey, you forgot your wings," and he's keep like, em. "Keep them." Um, this broken junk if that was me andrew would be like okay you're gonna sell it <laughs> I, I do believe now that you've brought up elaine bennis or valentine allegra de la fontaine um or julia say louis that, say that again valentine allegra de fontaine oh, you didn't say it. that's sexy okay continue what we know about her character and what we don't know is two very different things we do realize, or like we understand that she's like a kind of darker version of Nick Fury, but we also know that she was supposed to appear in Black Widow, which we should have already seen, and we haven't. So this character's kind of out of order, and Feige's probably like pulling out his hair because he's like, oh my God, people don't understand. But it's okay. Yeah, like, is she good or is she bad? I think she's bad. I think she's going to be part of like uh, Thunderbolt Ross's group. That's creating like the Thunderbolts, which are like vigilante bad guys that go up against the Avengers, mm. which would be kind of cool. Um, John Walker is a dick, just straight up. The amount of times he said, I am Captain America. No, no, bro, you're not. <laughs> you murdered somebody in cold blood. And well, then- the funny thing is about that character is that if you look at the contrast between him and Steve Rogers, uh, Steve Rogers in pretty much a lot of like all of the films, he doesn't say that he's Captain America. He, he downplays who he is. He either says his name. He just says he's a, a, a kid from Boston or whatever. Like, you know, but then if you, you look Queens right? or Brooklyn, Queens, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, that's right. I knew it started with a B. Um, but if you look at this new guy, what's his name? Jack black. Um, John Walker, John Walker. Uh, every single time, he introduces himself. He says that he's Captain America. So like big difference in the, in the characters and how they are portrayed, right? Like uh, John Walker is, is just using the, the title as um, like his badge. Whereas like, like uh, this, Oh, look at me. I'm Captain America. Right. Whereas Steve Rogers as Captain America was just, that was that was just a job that he was doing. Yeah, I get right? that. So it was interesting. It, like that was a, a cool little tidbit that I noticed. Yeah, the other thing too, and a lot of fans have been calling it back to the first movie, is the doctor that Stanley Tucci played, I forget his name, unfortunately, said to Steve Rogers, whatever you do tomorrow, be a good person, not the perfect soldier. And Steve Rogers always tried to do the right thing by being like a good person. Mm -hmm. And John Walker's trying to be the perfect soldier. And he was like ashamed when he like lost to the Dolja Milaje. And well, well, he was told that the serum just, or make him the perfect. So yeah, no, no, they were told that the serum just kind of shows who you really are. Right. Like it just makes you more of who you really are. Right. So Steve Rogers was just, actually legitimately a a good person right and and uh john walker 
deep down inside is not a good person. So it's just taking that and accentuating it. Now it's interesting with um, the the girl who's like the evil one, mm-hmm. or at least they want you to. I think they want you to feel conflicted about her that character, right? Yes, because she has a righteous mission, right? But at the same time, she's going about it in a wrong way. But you know that she was about to reason with Falcon. Right. And, and potentially turn and then, you know, th- everything went to hell. And now she's, oh, you're talking about Carly. I thought you were talking about. Yeah. Carly. Uh, Valentine. Allegra. No, 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 no. no, Carly. Like, you, you know, that she's kind of like, she is conflicted about what was right. What was wrong. That's and true. She's, right. Um, so it's interesting though, because if you look at how the serum affected Steve Rogers, it made him a, a very good person. Uh, John Walker and made him a very bad person, but she's kind of like in between, right? Like she, it could go either way. And unfortunately, thanks to the new Captain America, um, she is down the path of going the wrong way. It looks like, which is most likely going to happen. It's going to, there's going to be, I'm hoping for an epic season finale battle, not so much to the point of how good, the last episode of WandaVision was, that was phenomenal. Just mm-hmm. kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm actually like really excited to watch the last episode of this. The, I think the whole se- series has been great right from the get go. It's been gripping. Um, and I think this is what, this is what we need from a Marvel. Like, TV universe. I'd agree. And I think what, this episode is going to be just over an hour as well. Yeah, hopefully, but they all have been, they all have been roughly uh, the hour mark. So, and then what comes out in may Loki, Loki, the bad batch. We're going to get some star Wars content. Yeah. And may is going to be a good, good month. Shang Chi comes out in Ju- June. Potentially. When does Black Widow come out? July. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> um, just finally for my kind of predictions, obviously from the, the main ones that everybody's thinking, I think there's still something to be seen as to what Sharon's involvement is for all this. Because her talking to Bartok is kind of like a little sus. Like, oh, okay, so you're coll- coll- like colluding with the bad guys, but you also asked Falcon for help to get extradition back to the United States. What does that mean? Like, you know what I mean? It's a, it's, there's kind of a lot going on that we don't really know. I think there's also going to be an impactful death. I'm not, I'm not sure why I think this way. Bucky, Bucky's going to die. No, Bucky's not going to die. He is the white wolf. I, I think somebody in, the 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 realm of these world like whether it be Carly, Sam's sister, somebody is going to die in this episode. And it's not gonna be like maybe it's gonna be at the hands of John Walker, but this whole event's going down in New York. And there's there's one thing that I'm starting to get concerned about the MCU with. Buckle up. What's that? 
where are all the other heroes? Because if this was going down in New York, right? We know the timelines of all these shows. This is just before Peter goes to Europe. How is Spider-Man not available to help them? Where's Doctor Strange hanging out? The Sanctum Centaurum is just down the street. That's two superheroes we know of that reside in New York. We know, technically speaking, the Fantastic Four and the, the Baxter building is taking over the spot where Avengers Tower was. Now that's six superheroes. I mean, four of them are sleepers because we don't know they exist. And yeah. who knows? Maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier opens that up and they get help from the Fantastic Four. That'd be kind of cool. Wouldn't see that coming. But where, like, the universe is so big. Where's it going? I, I think, though, that's the problem when you have all of these different characters in the same universe, different storylines, intertwined storylines, different timelines, all that stuff. And I, I'm sure we'll find out something's going to something's going to happen. Right. Like the 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 new movie with the guy with the hands, Dr. Strange, he like he's got a new movie coming out. Right or in the works, there's going to be another Dr. Strange movie. Like there's going to be movies that are going to hopefully explain stuff, or we're going to, when they come out, they don't necessarily have to explain, Oh, this is what was happening at that time because it's going to happen at that time, but somewhere else. You know? That's that's very true. So you guys tell us what you think is going to happen. Comment, leave us whatever note you want to. We understand that this episode is going to come out before or just as you're watching this episode. So we really have no idea if this is even information that's relevant to you anymore. We get that. But However, it's not a spoiler. It's, but hey, <laughs> it's not a spoiler. So that's it for us. My name's Sean. You've always got David. That's me. Find us on our Instagram. Find us on our iTunes, Spotify, Facebook. You name it. We're there. For us, thank you very much for listening. 